Welcome to the Holy Hour. This is Gavin. Thanks for joining me. This is the All Cure podcast. Um, I know you're thinking, we just put out an episode this week. What are you doing? Well, this is a very special week for The Cure. They kicked off their 2016 tour in New Orleans with two shows in New Orleans, and uh, sounds like they went awesome. So I really wanted to rush and get this to you um, while it's still fresh and the excitement level is still through the roof. Um, If this is the first time that you're joining us on the Holy Hour here, what this is is a bi-weekly, usually, podcast. for uh, just Cure Talk, basically. Uh, we talk to strangers, my friends that are Cure fans, my friends that aren't so much Cure fans, but I try to tie in some kind of Cure theme. Uh, sometimes my buddy Donald will, will interview people I've never even met. Sometimes me and him will talk about albums. Sometimes we'll talk about themes. So really anything Cure related is the, the general gist. But um, for this special edition episode... Um, I'm really excited because uh, I, of course, couldn't make it to the shows in New Orleans, um, but was so fortunate to be in touch with Arusha Baker, um, who is widely known amongst the Cure community, uh, director, producer of an upcoming Cure fan documentary called Push, and um, she was at the shows, of course, and um, she's getting great new footage probably for her documentary, but um, also uh, was very generous and offered to do some recording and talk to some people and talk to our friends there at the shows and give us a insider's perspective of what's going on at the show so yeah let's dive right in and um just close your eyes picture new orleans and uh thank arusha take it away think of shit that way but it's absolutely true i literally met you on i was the sidewalk. sitting on the sidewalk and you were sitting on the sidewalk um <laughs> so it's hard it's hard to talk about a show like that because you, you know it's going to be part one of two um but as a movie crazy person i know how to pace myself if i'm watching one movie or a five movie marathon and i definitely listened and watched the show like it was the first part of two shows here in New Orleans and three shows we're going to see uh, the first three shows of the tour um, so it I don't I don't feel judgmental like I need that I have the information to be judgmental or um, high or low on the structure of the show because it's so unsure what it's going to be like compared to tomorrow I feel like they probably have those two and a half hours. Um, how many songs do you think they played? I don't know, but it's really interesting that you said it like that because I wasn't thinking in those terms at all. Um, let's start with the opening band. I was really they were impressed. Good. Surprisingly impressed by the Twilight Sad. They were very, they're very Scottish and um, earnest. I think kind of go hand in hand and I think that was rad they were great um, I could tell that, I mean I think they've played big shows not in America but other places that opening up for the cure on an arena tour has got to be a really big deal and I think they they really took it seriously and put on a good show in addition to playing good songs um, I'm excited to see them again. Yeah, me too. I just wasn't sure what to expect. I, d- I didn't anticipate that I would care. Right. Like, I mean, it's cool. I, I wouldn't have been, you know, there's no way I could have known, but I'm happy. It's it's a good situation. I'm glad we get to see them twice more. The lead more. singer is really, really interesting, and, like, I, I'm into him. Like, charismatic. I believe him. He's charismatic. Well, I believe him. Yeah, Ernest. That was, yeah, yeah. There's, there's something. I believe him. It also feels very Scottish to me. So... Um, one thing I was thinking about when we were watching is, is what, I don't know. The set order made no sense to me. No, it didn't. Like, I want to look at it on paper while on the, on the chain, on chain of flowers at uh, craigjparker.blogspot.com. <laughs> he um, was, he was uh, tweeting every single song as they came up. It was pretty... 
thought at night um, was uh, when I use these words I don't mean it to this extent but tedious really um, I didn't think I mean they sound great when they play it but it sounds the same every time and I don't feel like it um, the audience reacted to it as well you know it was well the audience didn't react overall I mean the audience was kind of timid I feel like they were there for a party and they liked the cure a lot and so they wanted to like to hear great cure songs and they want to have a good time. And I felt like the guitar oriented stuff hit way better than the kind of goth stuff. Like right. the stuff that plays well in, like in LA. Like in LA this sounded like more LA kind of stuff. Like right, right, right. darker and older um, deep fan kind of stuff with um, totally, totally, totally. What was the song from Kiss Me? Um, all I Want. All I Want. Oh, that I was great. at night. I meant All I Want. Okay, then I, I take back I everything. Yeah, we yeah, need yeah, to reframe no, that. Because um, that was swell. Yeah, at night was just, it was fine. It was all I the... No, you're right, you're right. It was fine. But the other thing that I think we have to say uh, to the Holy Hour podcast is that the show, they definitely, the cure definitely built up with the night. Like... They sounded good in the I, beginning. I disagree in that. But, well, I think they sounded good in the beginning, but it took them a while to warm up, and towards the end... That I totally agree with. I thought they were fucking great. I yes, they I were, actually I do agree with that. They reached, I think, after Just Like Heaven, and I think they got, like, the interaction they needed from the audience, or wanted, yes. or I don't know. Yes. You know, that's just, that's what I saw. But, like, you know, Simon Gallup is a stallion. I don't, I, he's fucking killing it. As usual, it was great. Jason's, I mean, they're all good, but like, I don't know. To see this, to see the cure 30 years ago and to compare it to now, it's like they're still fucking great. Yes, that is, that is the thing that's really important is that while I'm criticizing it, I'm criticizing it as that's a great band that played really well. Um, and it was a unique experience for that environment. Right. Um, so it had everything going for it. So right. any kind of critique I have is just to showcase the nuances that you can understand from seeing The Cure a million times. Right. For me, that was, I think, my 25th show. And you were, what, fucking 50-something? No, More than probably that? probably closer to 100. Okay, there, that's, <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know, I love... It's, it's all about count. those nuances. Yeah. Um, they were as sloppy as I've ever heard them in the beginning. Right. And towards the middle, they sounded like they do on an average, but not great day, which great days seem to come more often than average days for the right, cure. Right, right, right. Um, but by the time, yeah, by the time the last fifth of the main set, they were like on, they were on fire, they were really tight. Yeah, how many encores did they end up doing? I want to say it was four. Um, I didn't think... Maybe I it thought... was only three. Yeah. Because the last one was just the new song. Right. The one before that was... Just Burn? No, was it? Yes, 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 yes. Um, it was Just Burn. And then before that was uh, the top thing. Yeah, the fucking top thing. What was it? Piggy in the Mirror, Shake Dog Shake. And I had just been saying that I had... you Because you were really excited about dressing up, and I was an asshole about it. I was like, I saw it in San Jose. Which you were at that show, too, the San Jose 96. but that was 20 years ago. Um, and so it, it didn't seem like a shock to me. It was just something I didn't expect. Um... And I'd said when, when I saw them do it in San Jose in 96, they also played Piggy in the Mirror. Right. Um, so they did that here, too, which, right. which it's a good-sounding little set. Right. Um, I, like the, I like when Robert gets to show off his vocals that way and be more playful, like in a song. Right. Those two songs, or the Why Can't I Be You, Hot, 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 the kind of more traditional songs. Like, when I say traditional, I mean, like, a, you know. Right, right, right. He seemed to... As a singer singing with a band as opposed to being a band those songs lend themselves to him kind of improvising more right um, and it's fun right what was the song that we didn't love the the reeves guitar on didn't hate it um it a letter to elise oh it was a letter to elise yeah was... um, well you brought it up and i just agreed with you i wouldn't have i wouldn't have thought of it as a negative 
unless you brought it up. But it just it, stood out. It didn't add to the song at all. It just it didn't distra- it didn't detract or add. It just was actually it distracted more yeah, than detract or add. That's exactly um, it. It, it, it distracts me, and it's not bad. It's just like a letter to Elise is sort of a softer, rounded. The edges are, are softer in that song. And, and everything sounds like the same arrangement from the Bloodflowers for the Dream Tour. It's like every really? if they played a, a song from the Dream Tour and they played it now, no. it sounds like the same arrangement to me. No. And then no way. in the case of no way. Um, what we were just talking about, a letter to Lisa, which I don't think they played on that tour, but no. the only thing that was different was Reeves' guitar playing. I think everything all sounded the same. Um, maybe not a forest. A forest, they had the, the 2004 version that they kind of sped it up. It still sounds like that. It doesn't sound like the version from the Dream Tour, but I'd say the majority of songs sounds, they're very similar. To the, and the same tempo all the time. Like when you hear 100 years, it sounds the same pretty much every time. Have, what is that? They have the some click sort of, track thing. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... And so what happened on this, it felt like Jason was just doubling in between, like he was adding flourishes, but the structure remained identical. Right. Um, but his kit is bigger. I swear to God, I didn't. Right? I know it looked much bigger, but I couldn't tell what that was. Yeah. I didn't hear what that was. And, yeah, I'd be curious to see uh, what other songs they play. I was really, really happy with Burn. Um, it sounds good live. It sounds it's a great song that we've all loved Sounds, since yeah. it came out yeah. and um, is the best thing about the movie The Crow. <laughs> um, that could be true. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the comic, but the movie's, um, I think, overrated because of style. But that song is fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, and the beyond the style, the incredibly sad death of Brandon Lee and then the curse of the Lee family made the movie so like magical because there was a real shitty thing that happened that right, right, right. but really the only great thing is that song that song is just great yeah we're walking around the crowd now people lingering these are gentle folks yeah it's kind of light it's it's kind of the whole night was sort of subdued which is good um uh, it was interesting. It was a very mixed crowd. It was the most normal audience I've ever experienced at a Cure show. Really? Yeah, I felt like it was just the average person. Just yeah, you didn't go to the Salt street. Lake City shows. I didn't. Yeah. But I went to Coachella. Well, it was an early Yeah, Coachella. but that's different because it's California. Yeah. You know, it's still... I, actually, I saw them in Montreal. That was a pretty, was a pretty normal crowd. Oh, really? I'm going to go to Montreal. Um, is it the... Um, it's not the O'Shea guy, it's just the cure, I think. Yeah, but I'm trying to... <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> what the venue is. Oh, I don't know. Um, so I want to bring up wrestling. When I saw them, they played at... Um, what is it? It's the Montreal... The, the Bell Center? Um, but the, this place in Montreal, this infamous wrestling thing happened. Yeah, I won't go there. Sorry, guys. Should we should we interview these nice people? I'm gonna. Oh God, uh, you can do it. Okay, all right. You can stand out. You can stand down. And I have to be a mom. Hey guys, do you guys want to give a little review for a, a podcast, the Holy Hour podcast? Just two words. No. Fucking two godlike. Words. Name is <laughs> Fucking godlike. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Uh, I thought it was really cool, man. Like he just two words, Ramy. Sum it up. He, he didn't. Come on. I don't know. It's like he's playing two nights in a row. So this is his first fucking show. What he's gonna play? Yeah, I would like to see some more stuff from Disintegration, but like it was like it was really it was really really good. I am not the edge of the fucking green sea. Shut the fuck up, man. That was great. So was that your favorite from the edge of the green sea? The whole show was my favorite. I never thought I would get to see the fucking cure ever. Oh, okay. Let's see how fucking young I am. It's like I fucking get to catch them. Is this your first show? First time seeing the cure. What's your name? DJ. DJ. We're in New Orleans, right? 
Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Mentally right. not. If you guys didn't know this, people drink in New Orleans. Just saying. I love it. I love it. I love the city. It's great. Anyway, uh, see you tomorrow. Thank night, you. Night, <laughs> night two of New Orleans. Thank you. Right. Cure 2016. Over and out. Remember, devotion is not a crime. So there you have it, night one. Um, Jeff nailed it too. It turns out night two, they play a completely different set um, of, of songs. There's only six that overlapped between the two. So it really was a, a one-two punch right out of the gates there. And uh, stats courtesy of Chain of Flowers, of course, the Craig J. Parker um, uh, blog spot website there. Um, but yeah, 51 totally different songs between the two nights, only six repeats between Love Song, Just Like Heaven, Want, and Burn, and the two new songs that were debuted between the two nights, Step Into the Light and It Can Never Be the Same. Um, yeah, some good rarities in that first night, as they mentioned, All I Want, Hanging Garden, Letter to Elise, um, the whole top encore and 17 seconds encore is pretty cool. Just the fact that Burns in there both nights, it's pretty amazing. So it sounded like a great show. Let's hear how night two went. This is Arusha Baker, and you're listening to the Holy Hour podcast. I'm a guest of uh, the Holy Hour podcast tonight with my friend Jeff. Howdy, y'all. Uh, night two, New Orleans. Uh, what a fucking surprise. Jeff predicted that they would play a different set list. I thought it would be the same, and I was totally wrong. They played a completely different... They're not, not, they played two, they played three songs, um, at both shows. The three songs they played at both shows, as you all know by now, are Love Song, Just Like Heaven, and Burn. Um... Nobody, nobody ever gets sick of Just Like Heaven. But, yeah, I mean, it was a completely different set list except for three songs, four songs. Like the three two, songs? No, the two new songs they played, right? Oh, you're right. And uh, Burn. So it was those three songs, and it was the last new song, but the first new song I don't think was the same song. I don't think that was... I think they played three new songs in total, one of which they played twice. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, I know that that last song was the same last song, and it had the same imagery with the light, the lighter, the, the flame right. on the screens. But I, I don't know for sure that that's the same other song. Right. Um, Screw was a big surprise. That was really interesting. Um, I thought that was a, a really good Reeves Cabrell song. I think Reeves Cabrell's um, had big hits on this show and, a, a, you know, minor misses. Similar to Is that last how you night. Say his last name? I believe. Do you think it's Gabriel's? Reeves Gabriel's? <laughs> Reeves Gabriel's? I don't know, but I know he's Reeves and he's. Oh, God. I'm a big fan of his um, Reeves, work, if you're hearing work this with ever, David Bowie. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I just don't recall the pronunciation, but I'm no, a fan. No, you know, I'm a fan too. I just, uh, you know, it's kind of embarrassing that I can't pronounce somebody's name, but that's all right. It's okay. Uh, yeah, but Screw is interesting. Um, and well, wrong number was a good one for Reeves too. I mean, as it should be. As it should be. Maybe we can have a seat right here. I feel like talking. So instead of opening. How did you enjoy the show? Oh, we're. we're I loved the show. It wasn't it awesome? Yeah, I loved this show way more than the first show. Not that it was yeah. bad, but this show yeah, was the show. Thing. Yeah, I think this one was more targeted towards the actual what? Cure fans themselves. Yes, and there were, I think, See, more diehard Cure so? fans. I disagree. I just thought it was a different, it was a different uh, set last night. I think they had to yeah, it was a totally different Yeah, well, I mean, totally I, enjo- I enjoyed night. it last night. I like they how get, they used yeah. their new stuff last night, but yeah. I think because they sold out last night and they added no, this note tonight. Yeah, this well, was, was the yes. first night. Tonight was the First night. So there were less people last night than there were tonight. Yes. yes. I'm yes. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Was pretty, it was pretty cool yesterday, but oh, it was yeah, absolutely. Today. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, that was like two different sets all together. I mean, I enjoyed both of them. Yeah, me too. But I liked a lot of the oldies that they played today too. Me too. I thought I liked yeah. the, the fun pop songs, the kind of like pop punk stuff. Mm -hmm. I like that stuff. I think it's and really I like fun. The dark stuff too, and I, I do too. Yeah, so. um, He's lose. We got both of those. He's going to lose his reputation of being the king of doom and gloom with yeah. all this with all the stuff. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. But we had just noticed y'all wanted to make sure y'all. Yeah. Had hey, I had a great time. Glad to meet you guys. You on the floor? Y'all get smashed down there or what? I was no, way no, in the back no, of the floor. Oh really? I was like literally in the back. I didn't see nobody moshing. Just looking just, but I had a great view. No, no hassle. It's real easy. Well, I told Philip I said where we were at, you could see the whole pit. After Twilight Sad played, I yeah. told him, I said, when we come in, there's going to be more. Right. Yeah. When they start to play, they're going to rush. Yeah. But couldn't see it. But. It happened. But I wasn't near it, so I'm fine. Yeah. I'm all set. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. You too. It's awesome. great talking to you guys. Awesome. Okay. Have a, Have a good night. Nice to meet you guys. Instead of opening with tape into open, which was a remix of tape yesterday, um, they opened with with chimes into plain song, uh, which was cool to hear again. Uh, it's real good, and uh, they played a lot of disintegration tonight. Um, yeah. As much disintegration as you can play. I mean, as much as they played during the Dream Tour, um, there's a whole lot of disintegration. A whole lot of disintegration. And really Close great, down. really great disintegration songs. Chris for Rain. Um, Fascination Street, Lullaby. I mean, a whole lot of that album. Right. Um, oh, wait, you know what? I got to interrupt and say, P.S., those people that just came up and spoke to us were people that I interviewed for uh, my documentary. What's Push. it called? It's uh, Push, a Cure Fan documentary. And it was a, a husband and wife who met in the 80s. The, the husband was stationed in Germany and he started listening to The Cure. He turned on his girlfriend, who became his wife, to The Cure. And their daughter and her fiance were at this show. Pretty fucking amazing. They okay. were nice people, totally. They were stoked. And I, Twilight Garden. Oh my god. That was swell. Garden. Yeah, so uh, they played this Twilight Garden. They'd never played it before. That was insane. It makes me feel like they're gonna go through a lot on this tour, and the more you see the cure on this tour, the more songs are going to sing. You know what I mean? I don't. You think it's going to be two? I think it's three shows. I think they have three shows planned, and they're going to change. I mean, it's not like the three in New York are going to be the same as the, the three in Hollywood, but there's only so many songs. I think they're learning three major sets, and then they can interchange parts of them, which is why I thought they'd open with a totally different couple songs right. um, tonight, because I bet they have three openings. Um, they played Want Tonight, which was very good. Uh, I thought that was one of the good Reeves songs, like really solid. Um, benefited from Reeves kind of songs. Um, that could easily be an opening song for the third show. Because, um, I mean, they're staying pretty standard. Um, there was something tonight that had a different arrangement than I'm used to. Oh, they played the longer version of Primary, right? Is that primary they played like a well, it had an extended outro that said, reminded me of the, the remix. They've played it kind of slower in the the last fifteen years as opposed to the first fifteen or the last twenty. Years. So the last part of the song they just did faster like they used to, is that what it was? I don't know. It sounded different to me. Yeah. Well, same deep water as you. As soon as so they, they came back for an encore and Robert said this song is nine minutes long. And I called it hey because uh it's one of my favorite songs, especially live, because they play it so seldom, and it's such a fucking beautiful song. Oh, Charlotte, sometimes they played tonight. That was good. I mean, what's funny about this is, like, everybody's going to already know what they I know. Play. It's, I already said that. It's true. No. I think we're, we're... I guess our reactions, highly edited, totally ignored, um, will be more about what we're excited about, what we're mentioning, not that it's on the set list, but... Coming right. out of the show, like the first, you know, burn is still a big deal because burn is so good. Yeah. I'm um, didn't hear. I'll hear. I'll hear burn every. Oh, and also, they um, they started out as good as they ended for the most part last night. Like right. last night, they were totally super on, very tight. Right. Um, very fun. Um, 
and tonight, as, as soon as they were 30 seconds into playing song, I was totally on board. I felt like they were really on, and they stayed on the whole time. There was a little technical difficulty with playing song. Did you catch that? Um, was that, that the intro seemed longer? I don't know what what happened. So what happened is they had because you know they, the chimes were recording obviously, so the chimes are going and the and the lights are flickering, and there's a moment where the explosion happens. Yes. And the tape cut out. Oh, huh. I didn't notice that. The tape cut out, and it was right. You could see it in the in the backdrop. There was like a the video screen stopped as well. No, no, no. The video screen continued, like fireworks continued. But then, and Simon knelt down like he does, because usually Simon kneels down. Robert comes out and sort of greets the crowd. So Robert was poised on the side, you know, ready to go, and they had a little glitch. Yeah, I, I just notice. saw. I just saw Simon smile. Cause he, you know, obviously they all knew it was up, but then somebody pressed play and it was fine. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So that's it. I mean, I don't know, man. This crowd seemed way less drunk than last night. No way! Yeah. They were just happy drunk. Yesterday they were angry drunk. Were they, were they angry? They were rambunctious. They were just more like like hardcore drunk, where they just like pummel into you. So that's what more drunk means. They were more drunk. But these last guys night. were drunk too. They were, but they were just like, oh, I'm so drunk, happy. Like, yeah, did you see the guy I, in front of us? Hello. That guy was crazy. I mean, he wasn't a crazy person, but he was hammered. he was flailing around in a way only a very hammered person does. Like yeah. barely able to stand, but still dancing. I thought he might um, pee on himself. He looked like he threw up, but my my vision wasn't <laughs> so good, so. And then I looked at you guys, and you guys looked like, whoa, what just happened? I was like, oh, maybe he did throw up. Yeah, I I was, it. it was really hard to tell. It was really hard to tell. Um, but you're listening to the Holy Hour podcast. Um, what else? What I, I can't, you can't say on, like, WFMU or something, because it's just not the way it is. It's just a podcast, right? What do you say on podcasts? You're listening to the Holy Hour podcast. I don't know. Uh, this is Arusha, producer, director of Push. A Cure fan documentary. So find me online if you want to tell me a great Cure story, or if you're going to be at a show, or you want to support indie filmmaking. What's um, your What's your Twitter? I think my Twitter is Cure Fan Documentary. I have an Instagram, Cure Fan Doc. Uh, CureFanDocumentary.com is my website that has all the links. What's that website again? CureFanDocumentary.com. And I started it, I started all of this um, 16 years ago when I was a, I was a crazy Cure fan that met them in 1996. And then a few years in, after that, I decided I wanted to document the community I found on the road because I realized I wasn't the only one going to multiple Cure shows. Um, and the band was gracious enough to let me film some of their shows, which was really an amazing, life-changing experience. So anyway. Um, and you met a lot of people who are your friends today, 16 years later. Totally. And in some, what, 20 years later on some people. 20 years later on some, some friends that I had met before that, you know, like Ian and I, who, you know, made it our mission to, like, meet the band that year. And 1996 was a great year to meet The Cure because the rest of the world kind of forgot about them. You know, they've always had a... I think the world is totally caught up, which is why the audience is just full of a lot of different kinds of people because the, the cure in us seemed weird a long time ago but now you know they're, we're, it's just part of culture right. it's part of culture for everybody now right um, and that's a major difference between you know seeing them in 96 when I first saw them seeing them now it's a celebration that everybody's invited to now and it it felt like a special event that we got to get together and meet each other but now the internet makes it so the most obscure interest you have, not your biggest um, fandom, can be satiated instantly um, across continents. And it's, um, I think, a rarer experience to, um, to kind of meet people in line. I think people, a lot younger people don't need to do what we did right. to connect to people. I think that everyone's so much more connected now that... Um, that experience we had is is very rare, or at least the way we looked at it, right at the time, is rare. Which, in both ways of experience, it are, are great, but it is really interesting the changes that have gone on. Um, so yeah, until next time. Thank you. Over and out.
sorry, wrong number. asked me about the gin and tonic I got. It was a $16 double shot gin and tonic. And it was completely satisfying. And it was worth it. It was absolutely worth every dollar. Um, it was the perfect drink to see the cure. Just just to kind of, you know, it was mostly during the opening act, just to kind of get me there. Yeah. Very subtle, very refreshing. See, I wouldn't call gin subtle at all. But, you know, I sipped it slowly right, over, you know, right. a couple hours. And we are in New Orleans. Uh, it felt real good. Um, I also had a hamburger that was swell. Yeah. Um, what I wish that we did was that I wish we went to the drive-up daiquiri store oh, and got da daiquiris yeah, to drink yeah, before yeah, the yeah. show. That was stupid. Like, I should have... <laughs> when was I mentioned, stupid? No, it was stupid. I mentioned, like, oh, we should go, but I should have put my foot down. I should have said, no, guys, I'll treat... I'm getting us daiquiris um, at the daiquiri drive-thru right. and then we'll get them when we get to it would have been perfect to have um, sitting out there waiting for the cure to go go you know pre -show. for the doors to open um, pre-show would have been pre-game they call it in the because it's a pre right no total pre-gaming and then uh, um wait where am I turning right oh shit balls uh it's alright 10 west we're good we've it's got gonna, a while. the lady's gonna tell us right Correct. The lady will tell us. In the phone. The lady in the in the phone. In the phone will tell us. So yeah, and then Jeff just commented. We have to turn it turn our uh, mic back on because Jeff just commented that he felt like he had we had a three person uh, goth party going on. More specifically, it was a goth nightclub <laughs> where three people with three people the three of us were dancing um, in, in what sounded like the, a super sweet spot in the venue in the back corner. Right. And I. I think the reason why it sounds so good there is we got the bass uh, from the speakers and we got the bass bouncing off the back of the arena where we were in the corner. Is that so, what it was? Because it was really bassy, wasn't it? I don't know, but the night because before... Because when we went to the center, there was almost no bass. It was tinny right. and um, Right, yeah. Muddy. The night before, we sort of, we, we sort of stake out... I, I really like going to see shows with Jeff because he's a person... Like me, like we nerd out and like try to find the sweet spot. Not only, you know, number one being the sound, you know, number two being the view, and number three being the crowd, positive or negative. That was 100% exactly how I would say it. That that's completely yeah. what I'm looking for in that order. Um, because if I'm going to be distracted by people, I'm not going to have a good time at the show. Right. When I saw. Prince at the uh, Paramount Theater in Oakland, the crowd was very disrespectful and it really took away a lot of the joy I would have gotten out of a, such a fantastic concert as Prince solo and uh, with the piano. Right. Um, and when I saw the Jesus and Mary chain in Manchester and the entire crowd was super, am I taking it right here? Yes. Right? 610 West? Yeah. 10 West. 610 West. To, no, just 10 West. Okay, great. Um, but yeah, Jesus and Mary Chain um, in Manchester, the crowd was so fucking into it. Yet, I mean, they were like, we were in the pit and we were going at it, but nobody was hurting each other. It was like a respectful pit and it was, it was solid. It's probably an old pit. It was, it was young and old. It was That's young cool. and old. And it was, and the other thing is it was Manchester, so everybody's fucking dressed really well. I don't know. They just had that like English thing. It was beautiful. And there was what? Am I going the right way? Yeah, right two lanes. We're all set. And then the, the last thing I have to say about that Jesus and Mary chain show is there was one point where the the, the guards, like the... Security? Yeah, the security popped up. Like, here's my view looking at fucking Jim Reed. Uh, straight ahead. Straight. Yeah, straight ahead. And the crowd, and I'm, I'm in the pit, and I have to focus because the pit is, is on. Like, it's serious, but it's not... You know, it's not bad. It's it's energizing. Not and dangerous. Then, right. Use the right two lanes to turn slightly right. So after uh, reverence, the security guards pop up, and I thought they were gonna be like take someone down, but instead they popped up water bottles and started squirting people in the mouth with water. They were just looking out for us. It was great. 
Like, it was, like, such a great concert experience all around. Anyway, back to tonight. I had some nachos that were pretty good. Probably $12 nachos that were worth it because I was really hungry. You'd be really hungry now if you didn't have those nachos. I would be out of my mind, yeah. I would be. The, uh, the, um... The dancing part at the end was, was nice. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying. It felt like we were in a, a goth club, but the sound was perfect and it was actually the Cure playing. But it, <laughs> we, had all the we had all the advantages of being at a goth club. We, we weren't self-conscious, we were all dancing, we had plenty of space. Right. Um, and it was just the absolute best possible sound of the band actually playing songs like Fascination Street Live. And it right. Was, really the ultimate I mean that's and that's what I think was lacking from the first show was I wasn't dancing the whole time it wasn't that kind of set and one of the things I think that we all love about the cure that we don't talk about is it's really fun to dance to really good cure songs oh yeah like that was a thing about the um what other than the pinkies what did you call them us uh the antenna girls the antenna girls it wasn't just that they had blinking lights bobbling above their heads. The it was that they were dancing the whole fucking time. And we, when I was in, involved, right. constantly danced and would stand up when no one else would. Right. Because we were trying to say, like, wake up, have a good time. You're at the Cure show, fucking dance. Um, and so, yeah, I, the amount I danced um, drastically impacted how good of a time I had. I had an absolute blockbuster of a time tonight and uh and I think dancing and the sound being so good were, were certainly big factors yeah I mean I you know I know that most of the people tonight most of the people out there are gonna say that tonight was way better than the first night which I would I would say that and I it was better but I really enjoyed last night too I just think it was like a I mean I I, I felt like I took it for what it was. It seemed like a little bit of a warm-up. It's the you yeah. know, opening night. And they were trying different songs. It was a different set. Yeah. You know? And one thing I love about The Cure is that they'll always take risks. They'll be like, well, let's try this song. You know, let's try that song. And then they'll they'll go back to, like, you know, Just Like Heaven. Which, do they play that tonight? Yes. Yeah, they have to. That's I... Like, I feel like they have to play. But the other thing that was great about tonight is that they ended with Boys Don't Cry, and there was a bunch of boys in the audience dancing, and it was amazing. It was amazing. By boys, Arusha, you mean children, like... No, there were men, but... Seven to twelve-year-old boys. <laughs> no, there were men dancing, but they were men who were once boys. Like, so, I'm so... a woman who was once a girl. Like, you know... That's, that's the other thing that's fucking great about The Cure is, like, their music has been around for 40 fucking years, and so even whether you, you know, grew up, literally grew up with them, or you're growing up now, it's like they're a span. Wo- a woman now standing where once there was only a girl. Exactly. And that song, actually, I heard that song tonight in a way that I've never, ever in my life heard it, and that's because of who I am today. It was really interesting. I was like, I just heard it differently. That those words specifically hit me in a way that I, I never got it before. I feel much more detached from some of the really um, angsty songs, like from the edge of the deep green sea. Doesn't um, hit me the same way it did. Last time I saw it, you know, mm. four years ago, eight years ago, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, I just don't have that desire to empathize with that agony anymore. And so those songs meant less to me this go around than they ever have. But stuff like Hot, Hot, Hot um, was exactly what I wanted. Mm. I thought that that was a great performance of a B for 428 West and 1.9 miles. Um, I thought all that pop stuff really worked really well. Yeah. Uh, I thought the audience 
Doug it looked like they were having more fun right they're still able to dive deep into a catalog without just playing like those dark classics and there, there's different ways to do dark classics when you're the cure um and I felt like the kind of punk poppier stuff they played from the Faith era worked much better than the 17 second stuff they played last night hmm. and I mean M was one, was probably my favorite Cure song for a while um, and that's definitely one of those songs I liked so much because of the lyrics and the vocal performance Right. but again I don't I don't want to empathize with those feelings anymore like the, the person I am today um, doesn't want to think about the woman I love falling love in love with someone else tonight mm. like I don't want to I don't want to remember what that felt like. I've been there. I, I don't want to empathize with it anymore. Um, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I don't feel in my heart of hearts and in my gut that if I sympathize or empathize with a song that I have a choice. Like, it just happens. It'll, I'll discover that it's changed for me, but I don't consciously... I don't consciously make a decision to not want to associate. I can try, and I can say, like, eh, I don't want to feel that way. This is us, 90. But um, I, it's sort of, for me, it's the opposite of what it sounds like it is for you. I feel like I have much more control today than I have in the past. Um, and use the right lane to take exit 9B from Louisiana 428 West. And I think a lot of that is... All right, lady. A lot of it is letting God. A lot of it is letting go, um, and surrendering to the moment. And how I surrender to the moment is not necessarily how I did last time I saw them play from the edge of the deep green CRM. Um, in the past, it might have been at the, at the in the past it might have been getting really drunk or um, like almost fantasizing about past events that, that are related to the song or how I felt or one thing I, I realized is the nostalgia for me on a lot of these Cure songs is not about when the song came out but about the time in my life that I most related to the song so wow, look when, at the moon for a second when I think of I don't even see it you can't see it right over there no, I don't, big, I don't see it. Big half moon. Nope, don't see it. God damn, it's right next to you. Yeah, I don't see I don't see a moon. God damn it. Alright. It's low. Low low low. Oh there line. it is. Yeah. It was some shit was blocking it. Um I was saying some poignant shit. I'm sorry, it was the moon. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great, it's okay. <laughs> um Nostalgic. Nostalgia. So when I think of let's say from the edge of the deep green sea, I don't think of when I got that record or that C D from the warehouse and 1993 um, I think about the girl who emotionally um, the whole dress to the floor I'm fucking this up for the podcast um, <laughs> you know the, the characters you relate to in that song I, I related to and that's who I think of I don't think of what it was like the climate of music in 1992 no of course not it's, all, that's, it's personal um, and I don't want to be nostalgic about a lot of that stuff that I look at is, while important, ultimately negative. But then songs like Want, um, I think you, you wouldn't call a positive song, it's not a fun song, but I love relating to that song today. I feel mm -hmm. like that, there's songs like, like that that I feel are, are more universal, um, or at least more palpable, more, more tolerable. Um, more tolerable? Because really, I don't want to... I See, I feel the opposite. I mean, especially from the edge of the it's deep not, green it's, sea. I don't need to be cathartic about that anymore. And I love that song, and I enjoy hearing it. Um, that's, that's not what I'm excited by. Um, what I'm excited by is when they're... Like the rock songs and the kind of psychedelic songs, and when they continue on Franklin Avenue for a half mile, when they play more pop punk and funk kind of sounding stuff, the the pop 
That's that's what really did it for me on this round. I just have to say, since you said rock, <laughs> this was a much more rock show tonight as well. That which I Simon, thought the crowd would have liked more. Simon Gallup is a fucking stallion. That man. I, I mean, I don't know. He's just amazing. He's just amazing. Is this us right here? Is it? Fuck if I know. Right. Yeah, now do it. Do right. All right. Yeah, there's not a lot of street signs. That's the other thing that we're doing. Uh, I, I don't know, Gavin, if you want to cut this shit out because you're bored to death, but or you think your people will be bored to death by our conversation. Well, clearly they're going to cut some of it. Out. Yeah, uh, we've talked for hours now. It seems like. Uh, well, it is an hour podcast, the holy hour. <laughs> but we're on a road trip. I mean, like Jeff lives in San Francisco, I live in New York, and we're in New Orleans, and it's 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 really a wonderful thing to be on the road following your favorite band, which is something that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people want to do, but you can't afford it, you don't have time, you have other obligations, you don't want to leave the house, you know, whatever, you don't want to leave your routine, but uh, I feel lucky that I've taken that leap and done it, even though I'm going to be in debt for a really long time, but it's just, I don't know, there's just something about being on the road, um, going to different cities, having different experiences with different people, even if you don't, even if you don't talk to those people, just being around different people in a different environment, and then seeing the same band that all these people love, it's just fucking great. Cure's not my favorite band. Well, and I'm not saying that it, that it has to be your favorite band, it has to be like, just you're all, you're all at the same concert seeing a band that you love I think a lot well, the reason I brought that up is because I wanted to mention that I think my favorite band at this point in my life is Oingo Boingo um, really? I love Oingo Boingo um, you're always full of surprises I love Danny Elfman but I love him most in Oingo Boingo um, just a massive fan I'd love, I'd love to get to see them live I wish they would play again Danny just started singing live again for the first time and Shit, sixteen years at least. Um, and they, they, him and Steve Bartek got together and did uh, Dead Man's Party, which sounded really cool. Mm. Um, I, I watched on the YouTube. Um, but the the other point I wanted to make is, I don't think it's about the band at all. I think it's about getting together with your friends and taking on this challenge of going from one place to another in a certain amount of time with a budget. Mm -hmm. um, be, because it's really just about that it's about being and like the the sense of family that everybody kept talking about at the show today just about getting together with with your family and having a good time um i disagree i think it's it's about all that and you know the 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 force that's like pulling in this scenario is i guess it's such is a, the cure and it's a band and it but it could be like it could be for pro wrestling it could be for junk cars like yeah. I, it, it's not you know, for me, it's the cure. This is my experience, is that, that, like, this band has has brought me a family that I'm incredibly grateful for. That's what for. made us family, but we're family now regardless. I could give a fuck about the cure, and I think that's that's part of it, too. But I agree. I, I take it as a given that I'm a cure fan. I mean, that was my 27th, I think, 20, yeah, 26th or 27th cure show. Right. Um, In 800 feet, turn right onto there's crazy songs that they never play that I've seen three times, twice now. Right. You know, like um, Piggy in the Mirror. That was my second time seeing Piggy in the Mirror. That's crazy. Screw, now I get to cross off the list. I saw Screw, I'd never seen that. Burn, twice. This Twilight Garden. That was fucking great. The Twilight Garden. I don't even remember now. If it's this or the. <laughs> Is it this or the? I don't know. You can uh, fact check us later. I don't remember... <laughs> this this what's there's a this song, but I don't think it's. We're not real fans. <laughs> Arusha's seen the band a hundred times. Uh, and, and I can't and remember. The other day she called it. Uh, no, I didn't. Picture, uh, mirrors of you. I did not. Uh, that was somebody she, else. She didn't really. I'm just kidding. That's we're her. totally going the wrong way now. Whoa! I think we got to cut, man. Yeah, no, you do. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Um, Holy Hour Podcast. Good day.
All right, special thanks to Arusha and Jeff. I could listen to those two talk about The Cure all day, all week. Yes, thanks so much. I really can't thank you enough um, for all of us that couldn't be there. That's really special. Um, and safe travels out there. Hopefully we'll hear more from you. Um, maybe we can do like a week in review at this point, but I really wanted to wrangle in those opening two nights for the listeners and hopefully you guys felt a little closer to the action i know i did and um i'm forever grateful for that it's um you know something really special to, to pull all these people together like she's saying there and, and please check out this documentary that's in the works we can't push it enough the cure fan documentary that arusha is putting together since 2000 sounds amazing the trailer looks awesome so it's on the website there go check it out uh, you can get in touch there. Even tell her your cure stories. There's bound to be them. You know, just get in touch um, via email or there's a link to Facebook on there. Most of the links should be on there, but through Facebook and there's an Instagram account, as she said, through Cure Fan Doc. Um, and you can make donations, and you should make donations. It's not easy to make these things happen. So please go on over. Just any little bit amount is bound to help. So, um, Go to the, the website is curefandocumentary.com and um, check it out and help out. And she's selling buttons at the shows too. So if you're able to track her down at one of the upcoming live shows, uh, buy some cool buttons. I've seen them on Instagram. They look amazing. So, so yeah, uh, can't thank you guys enough. Uh, hopefully we can keep this rolling and um, you have a good time out there. Uh, as far as the holy hour, we're going to keep our uh, bi-weekly shows going here we got some good ones on the horizon so uh, be sure to subscribe on itunes and um, if you want to drop me a line specifically gavinconnor at gmail.com is how you do that we have a facebook group which is um, just the episode is posted on there we put the comment section and uh, we can put some supplementary material in there supplementary material on there and you can use the comment thread to rant and rave and do all that business so um and we're on instagram too the holy hour podcast so lots of avenues to keep in touch and uh, as this tour progresses there's bound to be lots of great news and updates so go get some rest um absorb those awesome set lists and um and again arisha and jeff out there thank you so much rest up and uh keep having fun you're living the dream for us appreciate it and uh we'll talk soon Talk hard. Oh,